Hello, and welcome to Boss Talks, a weekly podcast where we chat with the bosses of the multifamily industry. Who are these bosses? They might be a manager of many, a leader with no title, or just passionate about what they do. Join our host, Evan Happel, Director of Marketing at Community Boss, as he talks with this week's guest. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Boss Talks, episode 25, the big 2-5. It's going to be a great show today. I have Lori Agudo, and she is out of the great state of Florida, the Orlando area. She's with a company called Royal American Management and is the Director of Training and Talent Development with them. She's been in that type of role for a little bit of time now and is a powerhouse of training and developing people in her company. She was just telling me how she's been nonstop the last few weeks, early morning, late nights, doing trainings, coming home, doing email, all the stuff. And she's just doing her best to really inspire and give people a sense of where am I going in this industry? Because there's so much you can do. You just need the right person like Lori to point you in the right direction. So I'm excited to bring her into the show. So here we go, Lori. Hi, everyone. Yeah, thanks for being <laughs> been, here. Thank you for having me. I've been looking forward to this. Yeah, it's and it's funny. We talked a few, I think probably a couple months ago now. And in the midst of that, you're like, you know what? There's somebody else that I think you need to talk to. And then she ended up jumping in. Like I talked to her and she was the guest that next week because I needed somebody. So <laughs> There's always somebody yeah. by some pretty extraordinary people. And yeah. some of which already knew about the show. And yeah, let's, why not? Let's all chat. Let's all get to know exactly. each other. Exactly. Yeah. And I really do appreciate when people say, Hey, I've had a good experience even before they've done it, to recommend a friend. And that was Joellis, which was a great show. And I really appreciated getting to know her better. And you guys aren't with the same company, but you do a lot together and have become really good friends through just the industry. Absolutely. There is a saying amongst our local affiliates, even our state affiliate, Joellis and I are like the peanut butter and bread. It's just like peanut butter and jelly, butter and bread, whatever yeah. duo you can think of, salt and pepper shakers. Here we are. We're a duo now. We do so much together. We had the joy, and I do mean joy because it was an incredible experience, and that was we created a program together this year, which we taught with another instructor who we great, both greatly appreciate. She's actually the reason I am an instructor, and that's Desiree Starr. She was previously the head of education for the Apartment Association Greater Orlando, and now she's with Land Tower Residential. We created a facilitator training program, which was an introductory train the trainer program for this local affiliate. And it was really the first of its kind that a local affiliate would offer. And so Joelis and I had a hand in that. And since then, it's like the rest, as they say, is history. We've done some additional projects and we have some things on the way in 2023. So you'll have to stay tuned for that. But I adore her. She's the absolute best. So yeah, it's that's always, awesome. doesn't feel like work when you work with somebody that you love like that. Yeah. It's always nice to have people that are genuine friends in your work environment, whether that's your actual company or not that that can happen too obviously but and, and you have that i the person that i'm one of the people that i'm closest with at our company is the one who hired me okay. i've been with world american it'll be close to it's almost actually close to 10 years i started in may of 2013 and the person that recruited me to the company was actually a friend of a friend and a friend of mine just outside of work i didn't even realize we were both in property management and she just casually mentioned, she realized we were both in property management. So in conversation, she said, hey, if you're ever hiring, let me know. 
she spoke so highly of the company and lo and behold, she ended up having a position that was actually a property manager position and I got hired and here I am almost, almost 10 years later. And she's like a sister to me and that's Missy Duga. She's our Orlando regional vice president. And I just adore her and I'm able to tell her anything and bounce ideas off of her. She's a great collaborator and she's just so amazing at what she does. And I'm super, super excited for her because it was just earlier this month that she was recognized as the management executive of the year at the Apartment Association of Greater Orlando's Annual Excellence Awards, the Golden Keys. She was nominated, didn't think she was going to win. And you can imagine who was screaming the loudest when she did. And I was sitting right next to her. So that was an amazing moment and definitely highlight of the year. Oh, that's awesome. Great that you're highlighting other people. But today I want to highlight you (laughs) because you're a boss. And with any great leader or boss, and boss in the best sense, Now, I just want to make sure everybody understands that we're not talking about being bossy or a boss in this negative sense. We're talking about being awesome and just being really great at what you do, being passionate about the things that you care about. And you definitely have some passions that you get behind. I know that for sure. But I'd love for people to know, grew you into those passions based on how you grew up, where you grew up. Because I know you aren't from Florida originally. No, no. So where did my journey begin? So where did, the, where did my story begin? So my story actually started in Brooklyn, New York, where I'm from. And so I was raised in Brooklyn. I am an only child. My parents were the kind of people, and I mean, my mom's no longer with us. My dad still is. God love him. He's my hero. Proudly served this country in the army. And they were the kind of people that would give you the shirt off their back. They were, you needed whenever you needed. My dad still to this day, he lives in a senior community. If his neighbors need anything, if his friends need anything, he's the type of person that will show up, that will help you out. That's just how it was raised. So they had that passion and they instilled that passion in me to help others. So now let's fast forward from my childhood to when I got into property management, I was actually looking for an apartment home in downtown Orlando. And the lady that was touring me around the community was a community manager. And she actually had a leasing consultant position open. And so chatty Kathy here, I'll talk to anybody. I engaged in conversation with her. She learned a little bit more about my background and she would then go on to ask me the question that would ultimately change the course of my career, my life really. And that is, have you ever considered a career in property management? At that point in time, I didn't know anything about property management or multifamily, but I was, she piqued my interest and I was looking to make a career change. I had been in retail management for many years. And in that space, I was also training and developing teams and I felt like I had done everything I could do at that point. I was looking for a new challenge and that was just the right timing, but she also asked. And so now as a trainer, that's something that I share with our employees, especially our managers in our company training is when you, even if you don't have an open position, you should still be talking about our organization because we always have open positions as most companies do. And you tell them about property management, ask that question. You'd be surprised by the answer. If someone hadn't asked me that question that many years ago, I might not be sitting here talking to you, Evan. That's where the passion started. I started as a leasing consultant, actually had a very disastrous first week on the job. We had a major five alarm fire three days in. It was on day three. I'll never forget. Trial by um, fire, literally. (laughs) Trial by fire, quite literally. We had evacuated building with 240 and it was just, it was just this overwhelming situation that happened. And I remember my boss pulling me aside and she said, are you sure you still want to do this? 
And me being the glen for punishment that I am, I said, absolutely, I'm in it for the long haul. But ultimately, I actually was. I fell in love with the job, fell in love with the industry. And that's really where I started continuing my education and got involved in taking classes and learning more because I wanted to know everything I could because I wanted to be great at it. And that's just who I am as a person. If I'm going to take something on, I'm going to take it on fully. I'm going to learn everything I possibly can. And I'm going to give it my all, everything I can. And so that's where the passion with the industry started. Years later, I would get more involved with our local association, the Apartment Association of Greater Orlando, or AO for short. That would become my next passion. And so through being both in multifamily and volunteering with our local affiliate, that's how I was able to start giving back to the community through community outreach, be working with charity partners, volunteering my time, participating in fundraising events and things of that nature. And then that passion grew. So I was always finding ways being a community manager or even being on site, even when I was a leasing consultant or assistant manager, finding ways to how can I give back to the community from this space? And yeah. so it maybe it was a Toys for Tots drive. Maybe it was hosting a Thanksgiving dinner at our property. Maybe it was a school supply drive for children in need. I would find ways, even at the site level, to give back to the community and encourage our residents to do the same. And then when I got into the corporate environment, I just now have a greater reach. As a training director, I work with all of our employees. We have hundreds of employees at our company. And so I work with both corporate support and our operations group. Now it's a message that I share through training is here's how, no matter where you are, whether you're in the corporate office or whether you're at the site level, here's how you can get involved and and make a difference in the lives of others. Not only does it help them, it's personally rewarding. If I didn't need a day job, I would do it full time. And what has driven you to incorporate that with your with your job? Because a lot of people like to do nice things, but they don't go to the extent you have to really make it a kind of a priority. It's honestly, Evan, besides the way I was raised, it's something in me that I'm always coming from a place and the people that know me best will tell you this. I'm always coming from a place of how can I help? That's just who I am. So whether it's I'm helping you through education, I'm teaching you something new or helping you to perfect your craft, or whether I'm helping an organization that's aiding the homeless population of Orlando. For me, it's how can I help? What can I do to make a difference in the lives of others in whatever way they need? Because that is more important to me than anything else that I do. And my husband's much of the same. He's a middle school principal, and he was always looking for ways to help his students and his teachers. And that's his passion. And that's how he gives back to the community. And so it's something that it's a constant thread in our home. It's part of our values. It's part of just who we are. Yeah, that's great. And so I know beyond just your company, you are very active in your local affiliate with NAA. Uh, I forget what yours is called. It's Is it the greater... Yeah, so so I'm kind of involved a little bit of everywhere. I'm not going to go down the laundry list of volunteer gigs, but so I actually do represent a couple of our local affiliates, being the Apartment Association of Greater Orlando in several different capacities. I also work with the Space Coast Apartment Association. And I teach for the Bay Area Apartment Association from time to time. Mm-hmm. Outside of that, I also am a volunteer with the Florida Apartment Association. And then in 2023, 
I will be moving on to some volunteer efforts through the National Apartment Association. Nice. That's great. And then I know from a more charities perspective, um, through the Geo Foundation, there's really three key ones that you guys work on. And I actually know about one of them, but I'll let you share what you're Yeah, doing. so we actually, so every year we determine, so I serve on the board and we have a committee that also works with the board, the Friends of the Foundation. And so we, there are actually a total of five charity partners that we work with and they have different purposes in different communities. So for example, the Orlando Dream Center, they assist our seniors and they serve those that are either on the verge of homelessness or already experiencing homelessness. And they don't just give them a hand up. They help them work their way towards self-sustaining. Same thing with the Sharing Center. They are located in Seminole County, so just a little bit north of where I am. And they do much of the same. They are actually a little bit of a larger organization than ODC is. And they provide all types of services. They launder clothes for the homeless. They give them a place where they can shower, groomed. They get hygiene packages. Um, they have a grocery service where people can register and obtain a voucher to get groceries. And so they also do some major events throughout the year to which we've been a part of. We've been able to go help and either bag groceries or help people take groceries to their vehicle, or if they don't have a vehicle, and they're taking public transportation to get them some reusable bags and then help get to the bus stop and help them load up so they can get those supplies home. We also have some other organization, Catholic Charities, Housed. All these organizations help different groups of individuals, but the main point of everything that they do is they help our most vulnerable populations. Yeah. And with that, they also, we do reassess year after year. Are we going to keep the same charity partners or are they in a good space? And we need to go help somebody else who maybe needs a little bit more help. So that is something we kind of reassess on an annual basis. We're coming up to that time. So there, there are a couple organizations that we're going to be presenting as potential charity partners. But the main point with all these organizations is that they're helping our community here yeah. in, in the greater Orlando area. So it's really helping the people in our backyard. And there have been times where all of us as volunteers, I've heard it ha happen where they see some of our residents are the ones that have qualified for yeah. the assistance are now there in line for a bag of groceries. And that's hard. That's hard. We're in the rental housing business, Royal American Management specifically, we are primarily an affordable housing management company. And so we have tax credit, we have HUD properties, rural development, we have senior properties as well. Yeah. Sometimes we're helping out of these organizations and the people that may very well be standing in line are our very own residents. What greater good to serve them and to serve the community in that capacity. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And like you said, there's a lot of things that happen at these communities. They're just dense. You have a lot of people. Yeah. You have a fire, you now di displaced, like you had your first week, you now displaced a whole <laughs> bunch of families and yep. you got to help them figure out like, where do they go in the meantime? And we, uh, that's actually one of, that's another one of our charity partners, actually Hatching Hope is another organization we've yeah. worked with for a long time. And that might be the one you've heard of. They started mm -hmm. in Alabama and now they have a Florida chapter. And so they provide disaster relief care packages to people who have been affected either by fires or natural disasters. And so they were of great service to us. I'm sure the whole world heard about what happened with Hurricane Ian. 
Yeah. We had some areas of Florida that were had ex extensive, extensive damage, many people displaced and just homeless and had nothing left. Right. And so Hatching Hope came through as they always do with a large truck full of supplies and spent days helping our local apartment communities between Fort Myers and the Orlando area that were displaced with those care packages. And those moments are truly priceless. When you have a care package that has a blow up mattress and some pillows and blanket. And if you have children, there may be toys or coloring books and crayons in there. If you have a dog or a cat, maybe it's a bag of pet food and some bowls. So just something to give them literally some hope to yeah. start over. And many times those care packages have personalized messages on them. Sometimes we actually pack the boxes ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so we're able to put those personalized messages of hope on those boxes. And it's profound, the difference that makes, not only does the property manager and the site team so appreciate the help, but the residents, they're at a loss. They don't know what's next. Right. And so even providing that little bit of help is life-changing for so many. And unfortunately in Florida, we find ourselves in these situations. We have a lot of fires due to lightning strikes, yeah. especially during hurricane season, actual hurricanes. We had two, six weeks apart from each other. So we got hit pretty hard this right. year. And even though the wind strength wasn't as high as maybe some other storms, the flooding was catastrophic in many areas. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's probably the thing that maybe a lot of people don't realize. Yeah. 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 I, there's definitely nuance to every region of the country as to what we struggle with when it comes to natural Absolutely. disasters and all that kind of stuff. But yeah. it is great that you guys have that organization, Hatching Hope. Are there other things that you can recommend to just people, even just within your region, of ways to either get involved or mm -hmm. just engage their local apartment community to either do something good or whatever it is? Absolutely. Back back when I was a property manager, I didn't even know where to start. I just, Google is your friend. Yeah. You look up local organizations, see what other people have to say about the organizations, really do your homework before you invest in, especially fundraising efforts or donation drives. Learn a little bit more about the organization, maybe even reach out, see a point of contact, start a dialogue maybe even go visit with them if you can and learn a little bit more about them and you know who they help and how you can help. And really one of the most important things, Evan, it really is to find out when you find an organization you want to support, don't assume that you know what they need. Yeah. Reach out and ask, what are your most critical needs? Because that can even change from month to month. Maybe they're low on certain hygiene products, for example, or maybe they're low on cleaning products. And that's something that they give to the people that they assist. So find out what their most critical needs are, find out what local organizations are doing in your area and how you can assist. And then just go from there. There's usually always local food banks or organizations that assist the homeless. That's pretty common. You can pretty easily find those type of organizations. Your local apartment association or your state affiliate should also have some organizations that they already work with that you can support. So that's another avenue that you can reach out to. But really thinking about back to when I was a property manager, I didn't always go to our local affiliate to find out, all right, who, what, what companies, what agencies need help. I just did my own homework and just forge relationships from there. Sometimes it's as simple as there's an organization that is based here in central Florida and it's City Recycling Group. They were actually one of our uh, sponsors for a luncheon that we had yesterday, our GEO Foundation Thanks for Giving Luncheon. 
And they have donation drop boxes that they can put at your property at no cost to you, where people, when it comes time to donate clothes and shoes that they no longer need or want, they can put it in the donation drop box on property and they pick that up weekly. And then that's how you're able to assist that organization. That's a small way that doesn't cost you anything to go ahead and get involved. So again, seek out the type of organization that you would like to support and then find out what their most critical needs are and then get your residents involved. If you're on property or even if you're regional and you have a portfolio, get your site teams involved. You can even have a contest, have some fun with it. So one of the things that we do with Ego Foundation is we have a food drive before Thanksgiving. And so the sites that sign up to participate in the drive, we do a contest with them. They can decorate the boxes where the food is going to be deposited into. And it's a box decorating contest and they get really competitive with it. It's a way to add another element of fun and excitement with doing this and giving back to the community. Just some ideas to put out there. Incentivize it if you have to make it a contest and get everybody excited. And the end result is they collect a lot more food or if it's toys and they collect a lot more toys and maybe they would have. It's a win-win for all involved. Yeah, for sure. We actually had somebody ask a question. We got Stephanie Paz. She's actually been great at joining the show quite a bit. She's down in your Excellent. neck of the woods. Um, I don't think she's in Orlando. She's down in Florida though. And yeah, yeah, she just wanted to know if maybe you had links to some of these organizations. So- I actually, I do. I can follow up after today's session. Evan, I, I can share that with you and then you can share yeah. it to those that were registered for today's session. I would sure. love to put you in contact with our folks. They're not all just local to the area or they can recommend other other organizations outside of the Orlando area. So absolutely. Yeah. We Thank can even add it just to the comments of yeah. the show even. But yeah. she's down in Miami. So just oh, fantastic. Out. I love Miami. Yeah. <laughs> I do training in Miami from time to time. So I'll have to look you up next time we're down there. Yeah. Thanks for the question, though. So thanks for sharing about those things, though, because they're very important and great ways for getting not only property management professionals involved in giving back to the community, but also the communities themselves and the people and residents that live there. And I think what people also, the thing you shared about like, donating, for instance, clothes like anybody can do that because at some point you need new clothes but they're still the clothes are fine because you've grown out of them like you have kids Mm -hmm. but donating clothes like you you said you have affordable housing mostly and so Mm -hmm. even in affordable context you can still make it so that people feel like they're giving back to the community even though they feel like they're in need potentially it's a way for them to also when even at affordable housing communities you can find ways for them to help each other one of one a great idea that i saw at a property and it wasn't royal american property was just something i saw online but i've shared that with others because i think it's just a great idea is they have a pantry in their leasing office and people are Mm. able to donate for example cans canned goods that they're not using that are not expired maybe they're just been sitting in their cupboard we're not going to use it. So they donate to a pantry and other mm-hmm. people are able to pick up the items that they need yeah. from that pantry at no cost to them and completely without judgment. Yeah. So no, and just awesome. find, find ways, again, to just to help each other out. It's not, not only are you helping somebody and what a difference that makes in their life, but it's personally rewarding 
to do it. For me, it's always more about everyone else than it is about me, which is funny how you said in the beginning, hey, we're not here to spotlight other people. We're here to spotlight you. I'm always thinking of others before I'm thinking of me. Yeah. I'm good. <laughs> yeah, that's good. We're glad that you're motivated that way. That, that's a positive. <laughs> there you go. And then something else, just being a part of training, development, and all that, you are also very passionate about making workforces more diverse and thinking of ways, how can we do that in a way that isn't, you don't want to do it so that people are called out. You want to make it diverse and make it so that we can all work well together and so forth. So how are ways that you feel like we can, the workforce suited to work together in a diverse context? Cause that can be challenging. It can be, but I will tell you what it needs to be priority for your yeah. organization. It really, I feel like it starts at the top and, but don't be afraid if you're not the one at the top, so to speak, to start that dialogue. And that can be difficult for some, but one of the ways that our organization, um, really make sure to embrace diversity and share that message of not only diversity, equity, and inclusion, but also belonging is to be very intentional with something as simple as sharing information, being transparent mm -hmm. about how we perform as a company, being transparent about every bit of information, whether it's a job posting, an advancement opportunity, whatever the case may be, making sure that your employees have access to that information, making sure that your that it's part of the DNA of your organization, that there is equality for all through opportunity for all. Yeah. And it does need to be intentional. So what are some of the things that you can do? Some of the things that we've done internally as a company, it, you got to start somewhere, right? So we started with, we launched a DEI committee several years ago, and we have a diverse group representing that committee. And they make recommendations to senior leadership about what we as employees need or want or feel the company should be doing. And that whole effort actually started with doing an employee engagement survey, really to be how are we doing as an organization? Do you feel as an employee of our company, do you feel seen? Do you feel heard? Do you feel like your contribution really matters? Do you see yourself in a senior leadership position or do you see somebody that looks like you? in a senior leadership position, because that's important. And we had a lot to learn from that survey. I'll be perfectly honest. We had a lot to learn, but we were willing and open to learn. And it's a constant conscious effort. We have a suggestion line that's available to our employees at all times. They can make any, in any type of suggestion towards our organization. Maybe it's an idea, maybe it's something they like to see more of or see at all. And so just opening up that line of communication is a big part of how you create, embrace really a diverse environment. Uh, beyond that, it's also intentional in your hiring. Where are you posting your open positions when it comes to, are you just posting on Indeed and hoping mm -hmm. for the best? What are your recruiting efforts? Are you reaching out to local organizations be outside of your typical job posting platforms? What are you doing to bring in a diverse work. And if you're a hiring manager, that is something that is, it has to be intentional and you need to pride yourself on because what makes us different is what makes us great. But in our department, we're small, but mighty. There's only a total of five of us, but we are all very unique and we're a diverse group coming from different parts of the country, different back, different ages, different experiences. But that's really, that's the secret sauce, right? Mm -hmm. That makes us productive and we're all passionate about what we do and all of our individual contributions together is what makes our department great. 
And so yeah. it has to be, it has to be intentional. There's a lot of things, a lot of things to unpack here, right? Communications. I did a webinar just a few months ago with Kara Rice from Swift Bunny, and they specialize in employee engagement surveys for those of you who don't know. And so they have the data to really talk about what employees are saying about how they feel within the organizations. And one of the things that really stood out in that presentation is that in one of the surveys conducted, that while the corporate office feels like they're doing a great job sharing job postings and sharing information and being transparent, the employees did not feel that. They didn't know where the job postings were. They didn't know where this information was located. They didn't feel like that really was being shared with the masses as it should have. Whatever, whoever these organizations were, they missed the mark. And so employee engagement surveys is another thing that each organization should be doing because you think you might be doing the right thing. Maybe you're not. Don't be afraid to take a step back and assess who we are. What do we represent? What message are we putting out there? And how can we do better? Because we can always do better. Yeah. Yeah, it's good that you, sometimes it's important to use like a third party, especially for a company that's gotten larger in order to make people feel like they can ask questions with, and maybe anonymous, anonymously without feeling like, not that they're going to get in trouble, but people think if I give give my feedback, am I going to get, are they going to single me out? Are they going to figure out it's me that's saying it? Yeah. There's something to be said. There are organizations that provide that service. Some of, some of your learning management systems also have that type of product. And so if you're, if you're a boss, if you're a manager with a team, don't, be afraid to ask that question. Is that something that our company offers? Is that something we can participate in? And is it truly anonymous? Because it's not truly anonymous and there really is no point because people either are not going to do it or they're not going to be honest in their response. So you're going to completely miss the mark. And it's good. The industry multifamily, we're dealing with lots of different people, service standpoint, but also from an employee standpoint. And um, so there's just so much there. So we need to really make sure that we have our uh, our learning cap on and paying attention and listening to those that we serve and th- that we employ because there's so Absolutely. many people that may feel like you're building properties for us, but maybe the property doesn't even serve the population because it's, who knows? There's yeah, all kinds of no, things. Who knows? And you know what? People deserve to be seen. They deserve to be heard. They deserve to be embraced for who they are and celebrated for who they are. And if you are in a leadership position, that is your responsibility. And long learner here, you could, you'll always be learning. Most leaders understand that the learning doesn't ever end. You'll learn basically to the day you die. And so you have to be willing to learn and willing to go into conversations and situations with an open mind and embrace that. Yeah. And it's funny, you should mention, there she is with some stats. <laughs> I'm so happy to see her. Yeah. <laughs> My classmate, so, partner in yeah. crime. Her her mention here is more than 70% of employers say they are sharing open positions internally, but only 40% of team members think it's actually happening. That's that is Thank a gap. There and there is a gap. And so that's why we have found multiple channels within our, our organization to make sure there's multiple places where people can be seen and be heard. We have various committees for different subject matter in our company, and that's open to everyone, no matter what position you're in, 
whether you're a reporter or a regional vice president, anyone can be part of a committee, pick the subject matter that speaks to you. Maybe it's a data organization. If you're into that, maybe it's DEI, maybe it's a wellness. We have a wellness committee. And I think that's something that's super important that if your company doesn't have, maybe you make that suggestion. I know there's been a lot of talk, especially today, I've seen a lot of my news, someone who was would not have been considered to be somebody you would think would be depressed or struggling mm-hmm. in any manner, took his life at the age of 40. And right. he's yeah, a wife and children. And I'm yeah. sure those of you out there know I'm talking about and was just smiling in photos with his family just a few days ago. And never so you just, you just never know what someone is going through. And mm-hmm. so you have to create a safe space for to be able to provide assistance to employees. Like as an employer, what is your responsibility with sharing mental health resources? Well, we can unpack that in another sure. day, but we do have a we do have a wellness committee. We do share those kind of resources. We also have an employee assistance program where we offer up to five counseling services at no charge to our employees and it's available to them from their first day of employment now as a leader within our organization it's your responsibility to share that information with your employees to make sure that they understand that's available to them because you just never know and this poor man nobody knew yeah and now he's gone and i would much rather hear your struggle than attend your funeral yeah for sure we're nowhere near where we should probably when it comes to mental health but at least the conversation has pivoted to a better, a more positive, productive one when it comes to people not feeling stigmatized for struggling with mental health or it's still hard. Obviously he wasn't, I mean, no, he may have been open about it with his family, obviously, but maybe not, but we don't know. There's still, there's a lot of things that we deal with when it comes to stigmas and wanting to think in in speaking of these committees, especially the having a wellness committee, one of the things you have to think about is that back way back when (laughs) I'm not going to age myself, that that type of thing wasn't spoken about at work. We've come a long way where, like you said, it's the stigma's kind of broken a little bit where it's okay to talk of those topics and to share resources and to offer, offer support to our employees. So again, just the whole purpose of the committees is finding ways to engage people and to let them know that they have a voice and that their contribution matters. And so just finding ways to do that, whether that's at your property or whether that is at your corporate, that's really, that's how you embrace a diverse culture. It's not only part of hiring, but once your people are hired, that they do feel that's really part of the DNA of your organization. And they're proud of that. Because one thing, Evan, that I have learned that has changed especially in light of the great resignation and what's been going on the past two and a half, two and a half now plus years since COVID started is that today's job seeker and today's employee, they're looking for very different things that they were, than they were looking for previously. And things like your core values as an organization is important to employees today. And it's employee, it's important to job seekers. So what are you doing to celebrate and embrace that, you know, in your employment ads when you are recruiting for an open position or even with your current employees? It, yeah. it matters. It matters. Yeah. People had a lot of time in the past two and a half years, especially the very beginning when there were shelter in place orders. People had plenty of time to reassess their lives, what made them happy and what was priority to them. That's a lot more intentional now when people are seeking employment or seeking to stay with an employer. For sure. Yeah. I don't know how much it's tied to 
this topic, but you just got word that you are going to be a speaker at Apartmentalize in 2023. So I want to give you a shout out, whoop, because that's awesome. And so if you want to your your speaking engagement, go for it. Sure. So thank you for that. I'm still in complete and utter shock and not still not quite sure how that happened, but an industry or fellow peer reached out a little earlier this year with a concept that he was proposing to a for apartmentalize. And so it is going to be a maintenance track about maintenance training programs and apprenticeship programs, because we all know in property management, that's one of the most difficult positions to fill and yeah, one of the most yeah. difficult positions to keep. And so one of do the our most important teams, positions in general. So. Yeah. So <laughs> do our maintenance teams, do they feel seen? Do they feel heard? Do they feel appreciated? And I know Kara's on the call. She can probably drop in some, some statistics about that. Um, but maintenance training programs, like really the development and the management of those is one of the ways that you can support your maintenance teams. It's how you bring people into the fold, how you can fill positions. Okay. Maybe you ha might have some areas that need a little improvement, but that's okay because we have a maintenance training program and we have a corporate maintenance department and we have a buddy system and we have people that are going to assist you and help you in those areas of need. We're going to put you out there to job shadow with some folks that are really strong in those areas and help you out. Because in today's market, you also have to think about, you have to, in many cases, hire for attitude and train for skill. Mm. So that is what our session you know, is going to be about. Thanks for the shameless plug. I did just find out yesterday and I'm still processing. So, yeah, that's a good, that's a good way to put it because if you have good training on how to fix things, you got that covered. But so often when it comes to maintenance folks, they're the front lines in interacting with community members. Absolutely. So, so if they stink at customer service, that's terrible and not good for the company, right? It, so because it, it affects so many things. If you have to think about it, your maintenance teams interact with your residents more often than your office team does. Oh heck yeah. And Once so they're the in service there. <laughs> they provide is often the reason that people decide to continue residing at right. your community. It also is the reason why they're going online and posting negative reviews of your community. So lends to a lot of things. Your online reputation mm -hmm. management is also very important because problems start and live online and right. everyone's online. Right. So it lends to so many things. So really our program at Royal American is, is still relatively new. It's still in its infancy. We're only about five months into the program, but have had great success in that five months. And so that's what we're going to talk about. How do you get there? What's the first step? and building that type of program and really providing that level of support because it's not only about being seen or heard and providing yeah. them the training but also showing them that there is a path upward the path there's a path to upward mobility within our company you can move into an area maintenance assistant position you can move into a regional maintenance specialist position there is a path to upward mobility in our company for our maintenance teams and but if we're not putting that message out we're not providing the training then how do they ever get there yeah. And then when they There's, go to the company website and they see who the leadership team is, they don't see anybody that looks like them. Yeah. There's and a guy. So, so my, my, my guest last week, actually, his name is Robert Velez. He's in North Carolina. I would really encourage you to talk to him. He has been in maintenance for about 10 years. He just recently went to the office side as an assistant manager now. He's a great guy in the sense that he brings a lot of comic relief, but he also mm -hmm. has a great caring heart and has a a mind of like how to navigate the maintenance world right and from That's a customer amazing. sandwich 
customer service standpoint and all that kind of stuff. So anyway, That's all the things that you're talking about, what things yeah, we talked about I, last thank week. Thank you for mentioning that because I will certainly be picking his brain as we prepare for this session. And that's one thing I'm always looking for outside resource and other people's perspective. It's not just about what our organization is doing. It's about what's going on in the field, what's working for you. And let's share that information and let's help each other out. Yeah. So oh, another really shout out. Another guy I had on the show, William blanking on his last name, Puckett. He was okay. also great. He was in maintenance still, but in Texas, two great guys. Excellent. Doing good. Thanks at their for the resources. So, so anyways, <laughs> but thank you so much for sharing about that because I want people to come to your session and learn <laughs> and how they can better engage their maintenance people. That's so important. Thanks for, for sharing. Sure. That. So we're so excited. We're at the end of the show. I have three All questions right. for you. I am Evan Happel with Community Boss. And it's in the name community. So we want to know what is it that you do to engage your community or build community professionally and or personally? So how do you build community? First is start a conversation. Introduce yourself to somebody that you don't know. Invite them into the conversation. If you are in a position where you've earned a seat at the table, once you're there, how can you give somebody else a hand up to get to that same table if that's something that they want. Something that people that are close to me know is that every door that opens for me is a door that opens for them if that's what they want. And especially if you are with an underrepresented group, and I certainly know how that feels because I've been there as a Latina woman, I've certainly been there where you look around the room and you're one of very few. And I would certainly like to see that change. So that's certainly intentional. In my personal life, I'm not afraid to strike up a conversation with a stranger. I might learn something and I might make a new friend. There's nothing lost in that. And you'd be surprised. You might have a conversation with someone and that conversation, what they needed that day, and they didn't even know it, nor did you. Yeah. That's it. Thanks for sharing. And if you were to have someone over for dinner, another great way to build community, what would you cook for them? Oh, my signature dish is baked ziti. Okay. Yeah. A bit of a fan of the carbs. Oh, especially yeah. Pasta. Yeah. And nice. I do make my own sauce though. Wow, That's how okay. I was raised. Mixed background. Mom cooked everything. And Italian dishes was something that she was great at. She showed me from when I was young how to make my own pasta, how to cook my own sauce. So that kind of became my signature dish that if I'm invited to a dinner or if I'm having somebody over, that's what I'm cooking. Nice. Okay. Awesome. Thanks for sharing. And then finally, we are a little bit of coffee obsessed at our company. We actually have our own coffee, Boss Blend. And so what is your go-to coffee drink? Ooh, fun. So I'm a bit of a Starbucks fanatic. So there, if it's a hot coffee, a vanilla latte with an extra shot of vanilla. And if it's cold, a mocha frappuccino, also venti, All right. because that's, nice. that's the best of both worlds. It's like a sweet treat with a dose of coffee. Man, Those are definitely I can too. never do the venti though. I'm just like, no. Oh no, I fall. <laughs> if you haven't figured out by now, Evan, it's go big or go home here. So yeah, but you already seem like you got some high octane energy. So I don't know what you need. For <laughs> I might be a little too much after coffee. I had some a venti espresso three shots or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> That might be overkill. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much, Lori, for being on the show. I really do appreciate you being here. And oh, um, I hope others 
they learn a little bit about you and the things you're passionate about and maybe especially when it comes to how to get involved in your community it spurs a little bit more action amongst people so that'd be great sure. always feel free to reach out i'm open to connection requests on linkedin that's how you're watching us today always looking to expand my network and share what i have with others so i certainly welcome that and thank you evan i've been watching this for a while now and so I'm super excited to have been a part of your series. So yeah. And then Michelle, I'm assuming you know her. Aww. Just wanted to give her. you a little love. Love you. That's awesome. It has been a great boss talk. Again, thank you, Lori. Episode 25. If you have an idea, if you're passionate about something, jump in, be a guest on Boss Talks, just like Lori, and yeah. step out of your comfort zone. I'd love to have you. Sure. So thanks again for joining us and participating. We really do appreciate it. Until next time, it's been Boss Talks. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Boss Talks podcast. If you would like to be a guest on the show, please reach out via email at info at communityboss.com. If you enjoyed the show, be sure to like, share, and follow us on your favorite podcast platform. You can also watch the podcast live every Wednesday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on the Community Boss LinkedIn or Facebook pages. Until next time, manage like a boss.